Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Ravelet, Associate Vice President of Professional and Educational Development at the University of Louisville's Health Sciences Center. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Professional and Educational Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Health Professions Education. Once a week, we'll come together and use this podcast to bring professional and educational development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Faculty Feed. Today, it's just the fact of group, and yeah. we're going to be talking about citation managers. And you're going to want to listen to this episode because this kind of software is going to save you a ton of time and hassle. It is one of my favorite softwares that I use uh, in my academic work. And I know that a lot of faculty, especially on HSC, they either haven't used citation managers or they haven't integrated them into their typical workflow. But they're really going to be a help for you. So, Laura, I don't know anything about citation managers. I stopped writing articles 10, 15 years ago. And so I've not really had need to keep track of a bunch of manuscripts and where they are and references. Just what is it and why would anybody want to use this? Sure. So a, a citation manager, sometimes they're called reference managers. These are softwares that they're you're just going to organize your journal articles, which I know sounds so sounds boring. boring. Yes, like, I know. I know it sounds very boring. <laughs> but it's boring. part of the writing process, it, it is, right? It's part of the writing process and so much more. It's, it's something that you're going to have to do anyway, and it just makes that piece so much better. So um, I'm, I'm going to date myself here, but do you remember iTunes? Yes. Yes. Do you, you remember when iTunes came out? Like you ripped all of all of your oh, music. Oh yes. Yes. I and do you remember. Just see it in a list, and yeah. you didn't have to go back and get the. I'm going to say a CD. Ooh. You know, it just it collected everything there, and it was really easy to find what you needed whenever you wanted it because it housed it in one location. You can think of a citation manager like that. You're pulling in all of your PDF. You can pull in a lot of other th- other types of media as well, but typically most people are using these for for journal articles. You pull everything in, into one location and then you don't have to organize it on the the bowels of your computer and your file organization system. It's just all in your citation manager. So the one that I I think probably for this podcast, we'll talk mostly about EndNote because at the University of Louisville, that's what's the software that's provided. So when you pull in um, all of your citations, not only do they are they housed in one place, but you can do you can do some really cool things with this. Let me software. let me just pause you right there. When you say pull in, yeah. does that mean I'm typing in? the citation myself no that would be terrible from somewhere maybe explain that yeah that actually when i say pull in i mean somebody else somewhere the publishers have created these citation files that you can pull down from you can download from the internet and pull into endnote so you're bypassing that terrible process of having to handwrite yes you don't my favorite part so you find an article you're like stacy I need X, Y, or Z. I go to the web or I go to the library website. I find the article. I have this little thing that just pops up and it asks, do you want this in EndNote? And I say yes. And I push the button. The file goes right into EndNote. And I never have to worry about it again because then as I'm writing, I can say, I need that citation there. Boom. And then it automatically creates your reference list for you. Wow. So you, you, you avoid all the transcription errors and uh, just the hassle. 
yeah. of, of yeah. looking at it and typing it in the right format into oh, your world, yeah. right? And you can switch formats. You can say, oh, I need it in APA. Oh, no, I need it in MLA. I need it in, you know, whatever So this sounds format. like this is an essential tool for oh. anybody who writes and has references in what they write to not use EndNote. Sounds oh, like it's, it's not a smart. Thing. It's a huge waste of, a waste of your time to not yeah. be using the software. I, I, so in in the health professions education, the HPE program, Stacy and I work with a lot of faculty who are who are here as faculty who have maybe heard of of a citation manager. They may even have it downloaded on their computer, but they don't use it. That's what I find is is people they hear about it, but either it was the hill to learn how to use the software or I don't know, the day-to-day process of, of starting to integrate it felt like it was too much, too much of a hassle. But I promise you, if you if you use the EndNote software, you're gonna save yourself so much time compared to a little bit of time up front to, to learn how to All use right, so it. So it's worth the investment it in is time. Worth it. In the long term, you're gonna gain yes. so much time by having this in place. You've made the case for EndNote, right? <laughs> So how does somebody at UofL access EndNote? So EndNote software is free for anybody at UofL. And, um, you know, if you're listening not at UofL, a lot of universities have um, access to this type of software for their their faculty members and staff. So you just have to check probably with the library. But at UofL, um, we'll link in the show notes how to access it for free through here. And the nice part is, too, you can keep your library, so your collection of resources. You can take that with you if you ever do you leave the university. So it's not something where, you know, you lose access oh, or something after you leave. Good. Um, there are also other citation managers that some people may use. The the three big ones, EndNote is, I think, by far the, the most popular. But there's also Zotero, which is, um, you know, free and open source. And there's also Mendeley um, that people use a lot. So we're going to be talking about EndNote here since that's the the U of L software and um, full disclosure, the one that I'm familiar with. But even some of my best friends, my best colleagues here at U of L use these other software. And really it's just as long as you're using some type of citation manager, that's the piece that we're trying to advocate for here. What physically do the faculty do? How should they use EndNote? Sure. So Stacey alluded to this a little bit before, but let me tell you what a, what a typical workflow with using EndNote might be. If you are searching online for resources, so journal articles, for whatever reason, it might be an article, it might be uh, for a grant that you're writing, it might be because you need to know some information about a certain uh, topic. When you are on the publisher's website, or even on Google Scholar, there is a way for you to download um, either the PDF of your journal article or the citation itself. I think the workflow that, that's hard for a lot of people to get into is as soon as you download that, you can drop, um, let's say you download a PDF of a journal article, you can drag that directly from your download folder directly into EndNote, and it'll pull in the citation information from the metadata in the PDF. So some faculty that started using EndNote a long time ago, you had to download this specific reference file um, that had all of the information in it. Uh, you know, probably for the past decade, you can just drop the PDF in a lot of cases directly into the software, and it will just know. Uh, the nice thing about do, um, pulling in a PDF into EndNote is it makes a local copy of the PDF in EndNote. So it doesn't matter where the PDF ends up in your file system on your computer, you can always pull that PDF right there from your computer. And I know some people might think, okay, well, I can just go back to Google Scholar. I can just go back to the, um, you know, the journal website to do that. 
And that is true, but think about the hassle of having to do that every time you're looking up an article that you might have to go back to multiple times. Um, you're also creating your own database that's specific to the topic that you know is going to be of most interest to you. Uh, and I don't, I, at least when I'm, you know, thinking about the collection of literature that I have, it's a lot of citations that I go back to repeatedly. So you're cutting out that process, not to mention having to log onto the library website to get access to certain documents, anything else. It just saves you so much time. Now that you have the citation in EndNote, you can do a ton of really cool stuff with it. And Stacey had talked before about um, making a reference list. This is the, the number one reason you would wanna have a citation manager. So tell us what that is, a reference list. Well, you know, at the end of a, a, a paper or article, there's the list of references. It's in the correct format. I mean, it automatically does that for you. You are not typing any of that. So when it pulls it out of EndNote, how does it know which reference you want? So you're typing, you're typing your paper and you get to the end of your sentence and you're like, I want to cite uh, Saner et al. You, there is actually integrated into Word, into the toolbar, an EndNote tool. It okay. now comes standard with Word. You used to have to download it separately. Mm -hmm. It now exists on your toolbar. Um, and you click on the insert citation. It p pulls up a new box. You type in Saner. Any papers that have Saner as an author will come into a list. You select the one you want, insert, and it will automatically put that citation at the end of your paper as oh a reference my. list. And I'll end the Word document right there where it needs to be cited and then plus created in the reference list. Yes. This so, sounds great. It is. It's, it <laughs> saves so much time and hassle. It, you know, and there's a little bit, um, there are a ton of resources online of like, well, what, what button do I press? How do I do this? T very easy to figure out if you take five minutes to do it. But I think sometimes it feels more difficult than it actually is, but this is life changing. If you've yes. never used Site While You Write, this will change. This will save so much time and hassle. So is this available on all computer platforms? Oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah, PCs Macs and, and PCs. And yeah, Macs. yeah. Everybody can do this. Anybody can use it there, and um, it's through Word is the Site While You Write uh, piece. And I know other citation managers have um, have different plugins or that work that way as well. But Site While You Write with EndNote is. Um, it's, it's like very easy. it's the one sounds life-changing it is life-changing <laughs> and what what happens is sometimes you're you are writing you know when you're first putting a piece together you want to see the citation name because you're familiar maybe with a first author or, you know and that's how you're keeping track of who it is but actually when you go to submit a paper or a grant it needs to be in you know a numbered format you know one to one to thirty um, you can within word from a dropdown, select, oh, instead of the JAMA, or instead of the APA, I want JAMA, and it'll just change it automatically. So you don't have to do any changes in your text, you don't have to do any changes to your reference section, it just magically does it for you, because this is why it was developed. This is the, the thing it does. <laughs> this is the thing <sighs> it does. I love it so much. I, if I am doing something <laughs> with like five citations, I will use, I'll pull up EndNote because it is so much faster to use EndNote than it is to type it out by hand. I wish the audience could see your face. I just, as you <laughs> describe this. I love it so much. <laughs> I do. I mean, how can, as a researcher, how can you not use a reference manager? That's what I'm, I, I'm blown away. 35 years out, my first 15 years, maybe that precedes when this kind of thing showed up, 
when I wrote, I had to do all this manually by hand, find the paper article, type in all the citation stuff at the end of the references. It's, it was a big part of the aggravation of, <laughs> yeah. of writing uh, scholarly papers. Thank goodness for EndNote, it sounds like. I mean, have you ever been in a situation when you were doing this by hand? Because there, were, there was a time in my life that I yeah. also had reference sections by hand. And you realize you need to add a citation to your introduction. And you, then you have to go through and renumber everything. And you're yes. like, I will just walk into the sea. Like, this is the worst, <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever Like, InNote just does it for you. It keeps track of it. It will renumber in the background. That's and just, terrific. Life is great. I mean, but beyond writing for, for scholarly work, I also use it if uh, you know when I'm um, if I'm putting something together like a CV or I have to list a or a bio sketch, you can pull your own um, papers or your own products into EndNote, and there is like a little summary screen that shows you what the citation would be, and you can just copy paste it there. And I know a lot of people, um, Google Scholar has uh, something like that where it, there it looks like a little quotation if you search. Um, let me repeat that. If you search in Google Scholar for a paper and you find one that you want, you can click on the little quote button that has a couple different popular formats, formats yeah. of the citation plus a download link for you know, your reference manager. So yes, you could just copy it there, but then you have it. You don't have to go back to Google Scholar every time you need to reference that work. So Laura, if someone listening to this has not been using EndNote and they say, wow, I've got to get excited about this like Laura's <laughs> excited about this. Um, is this something they can literally sort of learn on their own? Or do you have to go take a class or watch a YouTube video or something? Mechanically tell us how this works to learn how to use it. I think they can do either. I yeah, mean, I learned it on my own. I did not take a class. I mean, I when I got here to UofL, I knew I needed... I knew about reference managers, and so I went to the library. I was like, okay, good. We use EndNote, downloaded it and figured it out on my own. Okay. But I'm more intuitive than, you but, know. But people could watch yes. some video or go to some class or something. And, and the library hosts um, EndNote classes. Like okay. here, here at UofL, there are periodic classes where you can jump in to learn how to use EndNote. Um, when I start working with a new um, medical student during our summer research projects, I always have them go to the summer the summer session of that EndNote training because it just it gives them a good foundation and some best practices for what to use. But there are a ton of resources online. So given the online world, you could probably just go look for this and find whatever videos or support you need to get you going oh, yeah. and show you how to do it. So is there any reason not to use EndNote? I, I don't... Thanks. Okay, so I will tell you, here's what I hear from most people. They have been betrayed by ah, EndNote. What? The EndNote betrayal. What does that mean? They, they have been writing a paper. You, typically, it's in a group, and they've been sharing this uh, document that has EndNote citations, and they've been betrayed. Like, somehow the link gets dropped between their EndNote library, or somebody else comes in and starts adding citations, and it doesn't talk well. And then all of a sudden, the references get like the codes get messed up and it doesn't work the way they want it. Okay. And they're like, I'm never going to use EndNote again. It was a mess. So the way that our teams, there's a couple different ways to get around this. Um, you can set up a 
group. So it's like a shared, um, in not an entire library, but it's a shared set of, of resources that your writing group can all access. You can do that either through the online version or the, um, uh, the downloaded uh, version on your own hard drive. But the piece that I, I, the way that we have solved it in our writing groups is we have one person that is just in charge of all the references. Like this person is going to pull in all of the references. And I, honestly, I would be that person. If that had to be my <laughs> my contribution to the paper, I would love to do it because it's straightforward. It's very easy to do. The potential problem of this betrayal that might happen <laughs> in, in a group work where it's not organized the right way, uh, but it sounds like there's workarounds to help prevent that. Are, are there any other best practices faculty should know about in when they do use EndNote, either on their own or, or in some small writing groups? Sure. So if, if you're writing a manuscript or, or let's say a grant proposal and it's so it's this big document that has this ultimate I'm done and I'm submitting it somewhere um, for a lot of uh, submission platforms, they ask you to not submit a um, paper that has in note co- what's called in note codes. So there's this in in the background codes that are, are keeping track of your citations in the text and then also in the refer- at, references at the end. Um, you save that as a plain text document, and that's on the EndNote bar within in um, Word. It's very easy to do. It takes less than a minute to, to, to do that. Um, we always tell the people that we work with that saving it as a plain text document should be the absolute last step that you do. Like you are getting ready to submit on the manuscript plat- the manuscript submission platform. You stop save a copy without the codes and then submit. And the reason you could do that is inevitably it's going to come back with a need for revisions. Your peer review or uh, you know response from the grant committee, you're going to have to change some things. You want the very last version of your manuscript or grant proposal to have those codes. So when you go to revise, that's the piece that you revise. You make a copy of your file with the codes and start working there. So I know a lot of people, again, in Note Betrayal, they will take the version of the document that doesn't have the codes that they had to submit and start working from there. And oops, they put a reference in the introduction and it didn't update. And they're, why? I will tell you when that has happened, though, it's taken 20 minutes to go back and, sub- and put all the references back in when someone has done that. It's still not a lot of time to uh, to address that kind of error. But I would say that would be one one piece. Um, and the other, the other thing I sometimes hear from faculty is, um, okay, I'm writing Cite While You Write, I'm in Word, and there's an error in the references section, and I keep changing it, and it keeps reverting back. I keep changing, you know, this isn't capitalized, or yeah, it, How can I fix that? Yeah, and why is it doing this? Well, it's pulling, EndNote is pulling that information in Word from the EndNote file, from the citation. So every time periodically when you save the file or if you add a new citation, it goes back and it looks at EndNote and it says, well, this is what the citation is and it overwrites what you're doing. So if you need to make a change to the reference section, change it in the actual EndNote software and then it'll show up there. Or if it's something that you can't figure out, wait till you have that plain text version of your reference and change it there uh, after. So if you look on balance of the initial startup work to get going with it, and then the potential glitches that yes. you've mentioned here, the way you describe them, these are minor things that still are better yes. than yourself 
finding and writing, typing all of these references it's yourself. Still so much better. All day, I would rather battle with the, like you said, the minor glitches with EndNote all day long than having to write out those references. And the more you use the software, I mean, this is true of yeah. anything that we do. The more you use the software, the better it's going to be. Yeah. You just have to get yourself into that habit of trusting yourself that you you can become a friend of a note. What's your sense of the faculty that we know that we've worked with? What, what percent who write articles or write grants do not use the citation manager like EndNote? I, I think, I mean, I asked the, the students in, in LEAD 685, which is our HPE course around uh, medical education research, and there are many people who have downloaded the software. I don't think I've come across one person who says they use it regularly. They wow. will use it occasionally with big writing projects, but no one is like, I'm here. No one is like, I love it all day long, EndNote. They have an EndNote t-shirt that yes, they wear. Yes, exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> no one is there. So Laura, when I've used EndNote, there seems to be lots of different components to it. So there's like the, and I don't even know what they're called because I just use them. And so when I mean components, I mean there's the, you know, the part where you can, a little window pops up when you're searching for different resources and it says, do you want this in your EndNote, right? And I thought that was something separate than actually when I download a file and drag and drop it into EndNote, like, and then the site while you write, that's for Word. And so I'm trying to wrap my head around like the different aspects of EndNote. Does that make sense? So I guess what, what you're saying is um, there is a web browser plugin that, so there, there's this piece that lives online that if you, you have that on your your browser, you oh, can- Chrome. So for instance, I have Chrome, yeah. and so yes, I did download that particular plugin, and so that's something different though than the standalone software. Right. Sure, so it, so actually you can use all, all I think I'm saying this correctly, you can use those all separately. So you can use the, the Chrome browser separately just to pull into your own standing you know, um, reference database that you're keeping in the EndNote software. Um, you could pull all of the PDFs that you had on your computer into in, uh, the standalone EndNote and kind of just create a library of things that you, you have. You know, and you don't want to need to use the web browser if you didn't want to, or you could just use it for writing papers and you're only pulling in those specific references that you want for the paper. You can do all of those individually. It would make sense to do all of them though together. Gotcha. And so when I look at my EndNote library, you know, it reminds me of the old iTunes, you know, yeah. it's just like a giant list. So how do you organize um, all these references? Um, within EndNote. So I'll be honest, I don't. Okay. I don't like you could. If you were a person that likes things nice and tidy, you could have a list. You can make these um, uh, groups to the side um, where you're dropping in. Um, you're dropping in specific references and organize kind of like a folder system mm -hmm. within EndNote. You could totally do that. I just use the search bar, <laughs> you know, so if I need to pull my references that are related to, uh, let's say feedback, I type in feedback and everything that has that, uh, you know, in the title or in the abstract will get pulled. Or if I'm looking for something from a specific author or author group, I type that in and I, it gets pulled. So for me, that that's what works. And I think that is also helpful because 
maybe some of that organization that need for organization can be a barrier for some people because it feels like well i'm just going to do that it's a giant mess yeah. yeah so to me it is it's just a database and i am pulling up what i need when i'm gotcha. citing while i write or you know if i'm looking for a specific pdf and then i guess the other thing i've always been curious about so i know there is you can keep your your database in the cloud or you can keep it on your hard drive of your computer do you do both or one or the other? So I think it, it depends on what your preference is. I keep mine on my computer just because I think that's what I've always done. But if you are using the online version of EndNote, it makes sense to keep it there as well. Okay. Um, I think that when, there are some issues of, with shared libraries uh, and like things being written over if you share it with the cloud, but that can be, if, if that is something that you're doing, that there's a lot of information about how best practices for to do that. In the week after people listen to this podcast, if they have not used it or if they've downloaded it and never really optimized how it's used, what do you want them to do? I think the best thing to do would be to do something new with EndNote. And that's going to be variable depending on your... If, if you have just learned about a citation manager with this podcast today, download EndNote. Um, if you have it downloaded, but you haven't used it, try it for the next week. Every time you pull down a, um, a journal article, pull it into EndNote and see if, you, if it's viable to make that part of your workflow. Um, if you are, if you're somebody who uses EndNote regularly, uh, you can check out, there's a manuscript matcher. Um, so there's this, if you have a manuscript written, it'll analyze and, and you've used EndNote to um, create your references section. It'll analyze all of the references that you have and suggest different journals that would be a good fit for your manuscript. Wow. So there are a lot of different tools depending on how much, um, how much experience you have with EndNote uh, that you could do in the next week to see how the tool functions. If you want to up your game or enhance your skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be. As together, we strive to make the University of Louisville a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to discover and connect. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional resources about today's episode. And feel free to contact us at facfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more Come hungry.